1: Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from this past week, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and more, as well as our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I am doing well. I hope uh, the time change is treating you well. Uh, I don't like uh, that. Not
2: at all. I've got I've no. to take a nap every day this week. <laughs> I'm I exhausted so. by the the worst day <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
1: What a way to be I don't know because my time never changes here in Arizona
2: <laughs> Yeah they're saying it's not going to change here They're trying to pass that through And I, I'm really hopeful
1: Yes well you know now Someone that I am in the same time zone Is well Who? Who?
3: Who? Who? who?
1: It's the one and only Brendan Barr! That's
3: who! Hey. Yeah, no difference for me. I'm still exhausted all the time. So.
1: <laughs>
3: it do be that way.
1: Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't need a time zone change or anything. I'm just tired all the time. But you and I, Brendan, are back on the same time zone, uh, which is helpful in planning makes, stuff.
3: Yeah, it makes things a little easier for figuring out when we're actually starting.
1: Yes. But, uh... Nonetheless, I hope everyone is doing well as we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Feliz, well, St. Patrick's Day, I guess. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a very just exciting time in the world. This week, we have so much to talk about. So many things happened this week uh, as we we've kind of teased this ourselves, but we'll be sharing with you much more conversational uh, on this week's episode. And you will see why in just a little bit. We hope that you share with us in conversation on social media um, or just reach out to us. We will be sharing our socials at the end of the show, but we'd love to hear about your thoughts in this week in the world of Lucha Libre, because, boy, did we have some events happen but you know let's get to it we are going to start this week's episode with well news of the week with brendan
3: all right well speaking of big things happening i don't know if this made it into last week's show or not so if we talked about this last week and you're out there listening going hey what are you doing it was so, when I came across it again in my feed, it was so big that I really wanted to add it back in. They finally announced that Wagner and Psycho Clown is going to be mm-hmm. on the card for the World on Lucha. So that uh, going into business for themselves angle that they did seems to have worked. Although it's not in a place to match yet. So we may be building towards <laughs> next year's World on Lucha the way wow. that uh, place to matches go. Well, I mean, you know, Conan yeah. and, and... uh Vampiro and others we've talked to have all said that you know these Apuestas matches used to take um, sometimes years to build. So yeah, I'm just wondering, true. yeah, maybe maybe that's where they're going with this. That'd be nice.
2: I, I would love it if they turn that going into work for themselves, if they turn that into a oh, yeah. payday. I, mean, like, I, right? I applaud yeah. them for that. Right? Like, I think
1: that's it. I mean, it has to be, right? because.
2: Oh, no doubt. You
1: know? I mean, we know that they have – And that's a main
2: event them. on any show that it's on. I mean, that's yeah. instantly your main event.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm imagining it probably will be the main event on the world on Lucha. Um, And again, I think for GCW, though they have, you know, Lucha adjacent and Luchadors on their show, they now have a whole card of luchadors and so it's very very fitting to have this match on there introduced to a much wider audience and sometimes the way you need to do that well is to set the angle up and how do you set it to an audience that isn't familiar with lucha libre um, or doesn't watch it very much you got to do the angle right then and there yeah.
3: so what i i find super interesting about this because of the nature of uh of the 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 gathering and WrestleCon and all of the things going on in Dallas that weekend, they are doing this main the this event. We don't know it's the main event. We're just pretty sure it's the main event. Uh, they're, yeah, doing this, I mean, like, they're doing they're doing this match, do <laughs> right? But they're doing this the same weekend the AAA is in the same town, and this yeah. would have been a AAA main event. This would have been a Triple Mania main event if they had them both at the same time. So. Again, because it's a rematch from a triple A match, they already had no place to match in triple a still mad about that to this day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the wrong person won that match it It blew my
2: mind <laughs> I genuinely thought Wagner would never lose. I thought he'd be like Santo and he yeah, would, you know wear it till he was dead and yeah, blew my mind.
3: In fairness, without his mask, he actually went up in charisma. He yeah. really did. Like, he is
2: a very mm-hmm. good-looking man.
1: Exactly.
3: Well, and yeah, just became do without it. more expressive yeah. and, and interesting in mm-hmm. and, and the ring. Like, he really works the crowd now. It's fantastic.
2: His facials are so on point. Every mm-hmm. show, I mean, every move, whether he – I mean, he does it so much. But when he does, his face,
3: we <laughs> see it. Well, and and then he's also just uh, always teasing the crowd or the, his opponents. Yeah, yeah. And, Super yeah. excited for this match, guys. If you can't tell, uh, that might get be enough to get me to to fly to Dallas on on uh, less of a budget than I originally planned. Uh, <laughs> the uh, in other in other things, we've got uh, the Republic of Lucha is building up for their one year anniversary. I can't believe it's that Jim is. That, that store has already been open for a year. I call I it a gym because they keep hosting wrestling events, but it's a store. Uh, right? I mean, it, anyway. Yeah. Went fast. In, in the tease, they saying this is going to be on fight. Um, as, as of right now, uh, Lucha Blog and myself could not find any details. I'm going to just throw that out there because he's, he was the one that set me on it and I went looking too, but, uh. Uh yeah, that, so I'm just excited. We're gonna have we're gonna have stuff. You can guarantee that you're gonna have the Lucha Bros and some stuff. They're probably gonna have some other big name uh, big names in American the American Lucha Libre scene. I'm not gonna well, I'll speculate a little. I mean we'll probably see friends of theirs that show up all the time at Republic of Lucha shows. But uh Well
1: they just posted as of a few hours ago one of the matches.
3: Oh. Yes. What do you got for me?
1: Well, they announced Jacob Batu versus Lince Dorado.
3: Oh, wow. What the
1: what? Yeah. That is on Republic of Lucha's social media, their Instagram specifically. That was just posted a few hours ago. I believe right now it's the only match that they have uh, announced uh, for that show. But, yes, you're going to have Jacob Fatu versus Lince Dorado.
3: That was while I was asleep, wow. so, yeah, they, they hadn't announced anything as of, like, last night when I was prepping my notes at work. <laughs> uh.
2: I need <laughs> this match.
1: Right? It's like, of those matches are like, damn. Yeah, like, you
3: wouldn't have
2: necessarily down. thought of it, but somebody yes. did think of it, and now you're like, oh, man, yeah. I want that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I want that. Yeah. 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 There's no well, mention on this uh poster regarding, you know, if it's it's being streamed other than just the, the live event itself. Um yeah.
3: No, they, so. they on the other on the the previews that I was looking at they're they're teasing that it will be on fight, but there are no details for yeah, that. So that makes
1: sense. But already that's that could be just worth the price of admission alone.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, um, so I've got more Lince Dorado stuff though, cause, uh, they also announced him versus Tarus at, uh, Zicky Dice show on, on the first. Wow. Right?
2: That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea. That'd Lince be fun. is a legit badass. He has the jujitsu <laughs> thing. He's done the Gracie. Challenge or championships or whatever it is for jujitsu in Florida, and won the gold medal. Like he's for real. So to see him up against a bigger, beefier guy like Taurus like I mm-hmm. want to see the martial arts. I I love that for him. This is yeah, he's made for this.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's gonna be good stuff. Uh, and then uh, I had Riot is shifting around their card. Uh, I didn't get the date, but uh, for this, but they had uh alex zane in the tournament that oh next week i just don't have the date i'm assuming it's going to be on saturday uh alex has had an eye injury recently he was uh you know trying to he's been missing a few days but was hoping that would he'd be cleared for this and has not been oh woe is us he has been replaced by jack evans in the tournament
1: oh nice <laughs> <laughs> all right i see you i see you
3: I love you, Alex, but I I feel like we traded up. (laughs)
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) Alex and I hang out all the time when he comes to Seattle, so I'm sure he will uh, not buy me Taco Bell next time. It's fine. Uh, But... (laughs) Uh, but I, I, yeah, I I do get well as well, Alex, if you're listening, I, I know you're probably too busy to listen to our show, but hey, um, Jack Evans in the tournament, a a nice Riot Lucha tournament, so, uh, we, big, uh, the first time in a while I've seen Jack Evans doing anything, so it'll be interesting to, to finally see him back out and about again after, uh fighting the, the rebellious fight down in Mexico there. Yeah, uh. <laughs> hasn't
2: done much in AEW as of late. Mm-hmm. At one point, he and Angelico kind of inferred they were going to release some information on their – their status and their future, and then they didn't, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if they kept quiet in hopes of getting a renewal like Brian Cage, or if they're kind of left adrift like Joey Janella and Marco Stunt, where they don't know and nobody's gotten touch, so they just oh. assume they're being dropped.
3: Well, Joey knows. I mean, yeah. Well, I they're, mean, they're, they're, he knows now. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. that was the thing. Uh, that was the thing about that. I was going to bring that up is that they are both in that same class of first year signees where. Many of them have slowly dropped off TV, but like to the point for those of you who aren't following the story, Joey knows Joey Janela knows he's leaving because he doesn't want like the way he's being treated. So he, whether they offer him or not, he's out the door. And according to the rumors, he's not wasn't going to be offered anyway. So maybe he's you know. for the best on that. But however, I right. I don't I do think that uh there's a lot they could do with uh TH2 now that the tag team division is is kind of exploding and you have ROH to fill as well. So
2: they, That's my thoughts. And Jack yeah. Evans was kind of he he had like a weird white guy, break dancer who wears a do-rag gimmick, mm-hmm. but he was amazing in early Ring of Honor. Like, he was an early Ring of Honor guy, mm-hmm. and to have him as, like, a trainer, a coach, a producer for a lot of these young guys coming through, he can, I mean, he knows exactly how much you can get away with in the ring and how much you can't. Like, he is perfect yeah. for that role in Ring of Honor, so I <laughs> hope we see him utilized in that way.
3: He legitimately learned the hard way, and, and exactly Duffy, that was not a gimmick. He He lived that. Like uh, he's from he's from around. He's from the neighborhood in Tacoma where they all dress like that. He would uh, (laughs) you can talk to to farmer or other promoters from the area. He would show up to shows dressed like that. And that was just his thing. Um, And I, I Still love this story that I got at Expo Lucha. We're going to be talking way more about Expo Lucha coming up. So I'm just throwing this out there now. I just, I mentioned where I was from because we, we grew up not too far from each other. And the first thing out of his mouth was like that he, he did this sick dive off of the top of the, the dome in the city in, in my high school. Like he's like, I did, and nobody has it on camera. So. But that's what he's thinking about is all the the crazy stunts that he does. Every time you mention a place, he's like, yeah, I jumped off something there. Like, so. (laughs) So
0: cool. (laughs) Uh,
3: Just so you know, that's that's Jack Evans is usually pretty readily available at the video game corner at at Expo Lucha. So, you know, you can probably find him up there beating somebody at Mortal Kombat. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, that's my news of the week. Uh, I'm gonna do, just do one quick thing. We did have a Defy, le- this last week. They didn't, I talked to, to, um the promoters and they are actually also teasing that they're gonna have things, but they mentioned specifically that the, they're working with Mass Republic on the, uh, on the, the visas deal. So we might be seeing a lot more big name lucha talent at Defy in the near future. However, we did have a, pcw women's title featuring viva van who we talk about frequently on this show and has been up and down the west coast defending that title she went in there against annika de la rouge who is now being listed as being from florida which i think is to try and make her sound like a big wwe person but uh i i it was a good great match uh back and forth. A lot of uh a lot of interesting spots. They brawled on the stage at one point, which was probably my favorite part 'cause uh everybody is super terrified underneath them every time they brawl somebody brawls on the stage at Washington Hall. And uh and uh it came out with uh Donica Delarus getting a little bit of an underhanded win, but she did win. I'm sure she will uh she will not be happy that I, I'm implying there was any unfairness at all. So Look, look out on social media. If she hears this, she's gonna let me know about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm very interested in seeing the rematch. Maybe we'll see that at the upcoming PCW event that will be happening, or maybe we'll see it at another Defy, or, uh, the, the belt has been defended, as like I said, up and down the west coast. So keep your ears open uh, that we will probably see that rematch in a couple of times. But that's my, this week in news in the indie roundup we will uh move on to a few more we got a lot of fun stuff in, in the rest of this so it's just your taste
1: That's uh we also will be sharing our socials at the end Of the episode so that way you can reach out to us if you have any news to share for the Indie Roundup If you are an independent wrestling promotion, uh, wrestler, fan And you have news to share with us that may be featured on a future edition of the Indie Roundup Up next though, we're going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo Who lets us know what's happening with this week's Lucha Central Central
0: Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of luchacentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Favi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.
1: And we are back to cover the first of many big news stories this week. So, let's start it off with Dusty, who gives us this week in AAA.
2: Yeah, AAA, as we mentioned last week, they had the Show Center Tournament last Saturday, March the 12th, debut show of the tournament. Let me run down the winners and the losers for you. First up, we had Reina Dorada defeating Marvia in a Show Center Tournament match. Second, we had, uh, excuse me. We had a match that was originally announced as a trios match featuring Baby Extreme, Dolce Canella, and Commander versus Dinamico, uh, Emperor Emperador Azteca, Mamba, and mm-hmm. but what we got was a tag match that saw Dinamico and Emperador Azteca defeating Baby Extreme and Dolce Canella. So not Ooh. quite what we expected. Yeah, great still match.
3: A, still a great match. Oh I mean, my gosh! So had,
2: good. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah next,
3: uh, this this is the first yeah. chance for a lot of people to see that so i'm uh, if, 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 i'm gonna just throw it out there if you guys watch these people for the first time, tell us who you like because uh we've been i've been watching them in chaos for the last two years, and I am excited to see them break out yeah sorry Dusty, keep going no
2: no it, it was, <laughs> and it was a fantastic match we'll get to a description but the whole card was great. Next up we had Taurus defeating eo del l a park in a show center tournament match, followed by Chick Tormenta defeating Estreita in a show center tournament match. It was Estreita's first official match in AAA in 12 years, and she lost. So, I mean, (laughs) different than how you'd see things done in the States, for sure, but interesting nonetheless. Next up, we had a trios match. Nuevo Generacion Dinamita, Cuatrero, Forestero, and Sansón defeated Los Enetes del Are, the team of Laredo Kid, Mysticies Jr., and Octagon Jr. Next up, we had a trios match, Mr. Iguana, Nino Hamburguesa, and replacing Pimpinella Escarlata, we had Mamba added to the trio, who was supposed to be in the earlier match that so became a tag team match, and they defeated Abismo Negro Jr., Letigo, and Toxin. And then finally, we had the main event where Io del Vikingo defeated Flamita. And a- as I mentioned, this was an incredible show. It should not be missed, genuinely. It didn't seem like a big deal ahead of time, but it turned out to be one of the better lucha cards I've seen in a while. The main event was phenomenal. So good. Vikingo is literally the best wrestler in the world right now, period. Hands down, the yeah. best.
3: Oh, man, there's a lot of Kenny Omega marks looking for you right now.
1: But where's even Kenny would probably <laughs> where's would Kenny? say, where's Kenny? Where's, Kenny? where's Kenny? And Kenny would probably also back this up one up, too.
2: <laughs> I think he would Biquinko's out there working with a knee ligament injury. You literally can't tell he's so smooth, he's so effortless, he's just flawless in the ring he, he He's the future not just of Lucha but wrestling. he's too good to be confined to Mexico. It's only a matter of time before we see him on the international stage i I really think he's the next big guy to break out. I don't want to say the next Rey Mysterio because Vikingo is doing his own thing. But he is easily the next big luchador to break out. He does things that people haven't seen. He does it in a way that looks better than anybody you have ever seen do it. He's just the guy. Like When you see this match, you'll you'll know what I mean. He is the guy. <laughs> he is not booked for AAA's show um, at WrestleCon weekend, WrestleMania weekend. Disappointing. Uh, you know, I think that could have been a big benefit to him, but I don't necessarily know the visa issues and everything involved, so.
3: I would have to say that's the most likely reason, because I don't see any reason why AAA or any of the other people doing Lucha shows that weekend wouldn't want him on that card. Right. I mean, he
2: yeah, he's instant main event. We talked about that <laughs> earlier, you know, like but that's yeah. the thing with you know, you get CycloClan versus Dr. Wagner. That's a main event caliber. But already Eo Del Vikingo, especially on a lucha oriented show of any kind, he's main mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge testament to who he is. If he had made it to WrestleCon weekend this year, I, I don't know that he would have stayed with Triple A terribly long i think he's eventually (laughs) aew bound i really do i think they're going to make the strongest offer to him i think he has the best chances there you have penta phoenix uh thunder rosa you have a lot of people that speak spanish who are not just fluent in spanish but that's their main language that the foundational understanding of english it would help him assimilate into the company andrade as well i mean they they could all kind of
3: well, I mean, and, it, it
2: just offers more than WWE does, in my opinion. And,
3: and guys like Andrade and Penta can really help him transition from Lucha to the American styles as exactly. well. Exactly. So, and
2: make him look great doing it.
3: Yeah. Uh, so you
2: know. I I think that yeah for an American company I think we see the king go in AEW.
3: Well yeah also I mean it, the other intangible we've got is uh all of the EVPs like him too like Kenny wanted exactly. to wrestle him and the Bucks both were are very high on him so like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of of pull. To get him to AEW, whereas there's really only the brand recognition of the WWE to pull him that way. And they've got less of a reputation for being good to luchadors this day, these days, so they may not, that may not be enough for them to pull a talent like Vikingo.
2: Well, and it's, it's easy to remember, especially for people that loved Mystico, and he's the right age. Mystico mm-hmm. was like the biggest deal, not just in Mexico, but the world. Like He was literally the biggest draw in the world at True. one time, and WWE turned him into Sin Cara, and then the whole thing just went to shit instantly. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of luchadors have to be cognizant of that when they're thinking about WWE because a lot of these guys grew up on Mystico. So they know yeah. what happened.
3: They follow, but I mean, look, so we have to be fair on this. There was a lot of things that he, Mystico and the WWE could not control. Frequent injuries, uh, I mean, right. they did, they did a lot to, to work with that. Uh, but like they definitely were high on him and were trying to give him a good angle at the beginning and then it, it kind of deteriorated as they, they both got frustrated with the frequent injuries and his inability to work the American style as fluidly as they wanted. Um, you know, right. uh, that, it, that led to a, the, the, the whole Azul and Negro angle because the other Mystico spoke much better English and had worked the American style in NXT for a long time.
2: Yeah. Formerly Hunico,
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Um, also, don't want to forget AAA thing, we gotta mention this. The March the thirty first show, Dallas WrestleCon, we hinted to this, featuring Laredo Kid versus Flamita versus Bandito and a three-way cruiserweight championship match, Laredo Kid's twelfth defense, and a main event between Psycho Clown and Taurus and that can be pre-purchased on Fight. It's $15, saves you about $4 over all the other AAA shows they've had this year, and it may be a sign of a slightly lower pricing going forward. Nobody's really sure why the price is lower right now, and if it draws a heightened audience, I would assume that they would see the $15 price point as being... Less of a barrier to people buying in than the $19 yeah. price point for inch. I, $15 just sounds better to me for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like $15, that sound. I mean, that's nothing, but $19? I'm like, hmm, $19.
3: That's a, that's a full pay-per-view essentially on, on yeah. fight by their damn. And, and, uh, so I have to give credit on this. Cubs kind of broke the, the math down on it. He predicted how much it would cost at the $20 range and it looked crazy based on the schedule they would have like i don't necessarily see myself spending that much money i, I well okay i see myself spending that. Much. i don't see myself spending <laughs> that much money two years ago before i was really into getting every single lucha pay-per-view ever because Absolutely. Uh, you know
0: yeah
2: if it but, wasn't for the show <laughs> i may not have dropped dollars for some of the pay-per-views like
3: but uh, I mean, yeah. and, and then on the business side of things, fight might have they might have had a decrease in buys for this last tournament because it wasn't as big a profile um, thing as as Triple Mania, and maybe they're like, okay, let's drop the price point and see if we can get the number the viewers back up and get more eyes on it because you will make more dollars by dropping the price by four dollars and getting a hundred to to five hundred more people watching it. So
2: it's true. Uh, we have, you know, a lot to talk about next week. We'll have more the week after. A lot coming up. We've got Sammy and Tay or Ty Conti rather, Uh and the going down Mexico mixed tags. Looks like it's leading to a Triple Mania match. A lot of good stuff going on. Also, I want to mention, for all this news and more, check in next week. Of course, same Lucha time, same Lucha channel, as always. But you can also check out LuchaCentral.com, where this week, Eric Muter, he has a fantastic review of Show Center. He did a really nice, detailed review. And that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Thank you for that, Dusty. Now lead us into this week in AEW, where we had a finally moment. Finally. Finally.
3: finally. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Heard, yeah. Probably a week too late, but just, yeah. just a teaser. You know, I know my that, opinion. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I have to say notes. about yes, that.
3: Yes.
2: yes. Go ahead, <laughs> please. please. Yeah. Yes, but I now you've heard the big news. I'm sure Thunder Rosa defeated Britt Baker, and in front of what was truly the most incredible live wrestling crowd we've seen since before the pandemic. She had an incredible entrance. They had an all women's mariachi group performing. When she came out, the crowd went insane for Thunder Rosa. Hometown hero, San Antonio. Britt Baker wore her Scott Hall tribute gear the with the blood harkened back to his outsider's gear, tribute to his recent passing. Great match. The crowd was beyond hot. They pulled out all the stops. We had tacks. We had chairs. We had wanton violence throughout. However, (laughs) despite this amazing match, despite all the violence that once seemed innovative, despite all the things that Thunder Rosa did, like she genuinely deserves her spot as AEW world champion. It feels a little flat after she didn't win at the pay-per-view. That loss left all of us deflated, and it took something from this win. It really did. Like, yeah, It, it comes at the end of the story. We All this time, we knew Rosa was going to win. We knew Rosa was going to beat Britt Baker. And when she didn't, it kind of sapped most of my enthusiasm. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. W- what did you feel?
3: Well, so I felt like the problem here was that they wanted to pop that San Antonio crowd instead of their national crowd on the pay-per-view, which is exactly. a mistake. Mm-hmm um i mean you could have still had rosa come out as a returning champion could have had her start off the show to heat up the crowd uh and then had her do a match they could have had an, uh, an impromptu uh rematch or non-title match or anything to get that that crowd that San Antonio crowd heated like that but they didn't need to to drop the rest of us cuz you're right the rest of us around the country were like this is the pay-per-view. This is when it should happen. Like that's we we spent we, money to see. Yeah. It.
2: I mean, that's a a significant factor in in pay-per-views. If you feel like you spent money to see something you really wanted to happen happen and it doesn't happen, you feel not just let down, but almost taken in a way that yeah. And it the dynamite crowd, the the gate payoff couldn't have been as high it just – the decision-making is baffling to me. The match, I thought, felt a little rushed at the end. The Brit striking Rosa with the chair shot, some of the tax shots, I felt like the, they were really rushed. But Rosa was able to get Brit the Thunder Driver. She drove her into the tax to secure the championship. And, yeah, I mean, it should have been the biggest moment of Brit or – of, or of, not Brit Baker, but of Thunder Rosa's career. Like, this should have been – the biggest deal this is her biggest moment. this is the biggest moment in her career she's a w world women's champion, but it just feels hollow compared to how it should feel and i i don't I don't understand the pop on the San Antonio crowd unless it was just to defy our expectations and make us think, well, anything could happen. Maybe she doesn't win. But at that point, I was over Britt Baker as champion, too. It wasn't even like, boo, you're a bad guy. It was like, ugh, change the channel. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think if you even go back to their match um, at Revolution, like that match in and of itself wasn't. The greatest, you know, I kind of put no. this match over and I kind of get the fact that you needed that match, but not really needed that match. But I I'm playing devil's advocate. You needed the interference from uh Jamie Hayter and Reba to then create the stipulation for the cage match to, you know, to build it. I agree. I think a lot of people do feel that mm-hmm. it should have happened. Um at Revolution, you know, especially they introduced a new belt. What for for, uh you know, Britt Baker to hold it for a week, you know, like yeah, why not right? introduce the belt either right now for that match, too? So there was a lot of inconsistencies with booking. And granted, I think the crowd and the essence of having the event happen in San Antonio was important um but i also do agree that they could have easily still had the same reaction with you know um thunder rosa winning the belt um some you know uh somewhere else and at, at another night um but you know it's i a, i still sorry. feel like it was a great moment though
3: it still was it still okay. really was and those that have been waiting for it are really excited i do want to go with you just because you just made me think of it Uh, they could have, what I was talking about there, they could have, you given her the new belt in San Antonio. That would have been the moment. And then you could have that spin into that on the spot rematch angle. The crowd would have been all over it. But, uh, uh, you, you're absolutely right. I, we need to, I need to be very clear. I still marked hard for the fact that Thunder Rosa got the title at last. I still am very proud of that accomplishment. The the internet was filled with a lot of talk about how great those two are, and they were super excited to see Rosa finally get the win. Like, they did pay off the long-term investment. So,
2: Yeah, and she deserved it. I mean, I I think that she's one of – in the top – two or three, if not the best women's wrestler in the world. It just depends on your taste in wrestling, honestly. But as far as what she does, there's nobody better. She has excelled in what she does. She has excelled in self-promotion, the way she interacts with fans on social media. She has got that figured out perfectly. She really has the whole package, and it felt like her time as champion. But it also felt like to me that the match that they were trying to kind of capture the magic they had last year at St. Patrick's Day Slam, and it just wasn't there for me this year. There's been a few more of the more bloody violent matches like that in AEW. I feel that kind of lessened the impact of the main event, the, you know, the violence of it. Not that it wasn't impressive, not that it wasn't, you know, stunning, but it, we've seen it before. It was nothing that they haven't done before. And somehow the whole thing, I, it just adds up. Like you say, they, I, I hope they have a very strong plan for Thunder Rosa to follow this up. Like that's what they really need for her at this point. It kind of, it, well, and the other thing I mentioned this before the entire time, That Britt Baker was champion. It felt like we were just waiting for Thunder Rosa to dethrone her. But the interesting thing with Thunder Rosa is there's really nobody to set that up. Her future is wide open. She doesn't have any challenges. So there's a lot with future booking there, I think, that could be very exciting. A lot of... Good stuff going on. I'm really looking forward to it. Like Brendan said, she deserved this. This was her moment. We'd waited so long, waited a full year to see her be Mm -hmm. champion. And to see that payoff really was emotionally rewarding. And arguably a bigger audience on Dynamite than on pay-per-view, but the impact of the match feels lessened. And as you mentioned, the belt, the prestige of all of that, the the whole thing made it feel like it was custom-made for Rosa, and then it didn't happen.
3: I do have to clarify, I was just echoing what Miranda had already said, yeah. so – Miranda should get credit for saying it was her moment because she's the one that brought yeah, it up.
1: Well, first. yeah, and I, and again, I understand always. I understand some of the decisions that they made leading to making the decision to have her win in San Antonio, but also I also understand the camp that says. She should have just won at Revolution. Or why did you do something mm-hmm. like introduce the new belt at Revolution if Brett Baker was only going to have it for a week? And yeah. also at this point, this is what, the third iteration of this belt in just two years for the company? Yeah. Um So it's, that's also kind of a very interesting aspect of, of it, too. But, you know, I do feel like it, and also at that point, though, you know by not winning at revolution we pretty much knew she was going to win at uh on dynamite and i guess same thing at revolution we all thought it was going to be her moment but i think either way you know we can talk about that that you know for for hours on end but i think as you guys have both echoed the thing is she's here and the next thing is, is, what is next for her? I think that's going to be the big thing. They really captured lightning in a bottle with Britt and Thunder Rosa. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge to kind of do that again. Um, I feel like this was the feud that has defined the women's division in AEW, and which they really needed to do. So... Um, you know, now that they've done that, you know, what is next for them? Because they have a very talented women's roster, but also from what we can tell, they've really struggled in booking storylines for them. Um, and, and Britt did such a great job as a heel, uh, face, or, well, heel face, you know, but a heel champion. Now, how do you really book, a... a face champion at least a for true now face yeah true okay, face you know. champion yeah you know who knows thunder rosa will turn i i go back to something i still want to see which i think could be next is a ruby soho thunder rosa feud um but you both have yes. faces there you know so one is gonna have to turn i kind of think it would be thunder rosa uh,
3: aew's not shy about about having face versus face matchups in particular I'll point you to the main event of, of, uh, Rampage the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know. Yeah. They, they, uh, I, I, I wish they would do more with the heel face dynamic, but they seem to be more of the camp that, that is, uh, I, I don't want to say dead, but not, uh, not fresh. Yeah. So they, they tend to go with, with, uh, face face in particular. Uh, a lot of
2: times it's ranking related yeah. too. Like the wins and losses really do matter in AEW and mm-hmm. your ranking can put you up against anybody. It gives it that legitimate sports feel in a way yeah. where anybody could wrestle anybody.
3: If they say that, however, uh, I also will point out we had a, a world title match with a guy with two faces for no reason whatsoever. Like it was not about rankings. That's for it's sure. True. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: um, a lot
2: of interesting stuff in aw it, right you, now <laughs> yeah, well
3: yeah and and i don't want to so we often come off because with the interesting things are the things that we think that might have been different or better because we don't necessarily talk as much about it but we come, but they they are doing a great job of keeping us engaged by not doing traditional wrestling. So
2: absolutely, it, it's still it, the, my favorite wrestling program, my favorite show every week. You know, is yeah. AEW Dynamite. So I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan. I I, I criticize them out of love.
1: Yeah, no, I think <laughs> it's important and also kind of equity too. You know, we'll we'll have some interesting things to say throughout the, the rest of the show, but again. You know, it's important. At least these are our opinions, our perspective, you know, so, you know, you could take them as you will, but I do think it's important. Again, the, the one, one of their, their biggest challenges has been, um, you know, the, the women's division and Thunder Rosa, they really, again, had lightning in a bottle with her. She truly was the beginning of this forbidden door. She has gone everywhere and, aew has taken the time to invest in her as one of their major stars um but it's all the steps that you take in order to get there that help showcase that this is a a a big star and what you want from them you know and again too if aew is more easily swayed by crowd reactions than logic in some ways is that a bigger issue you know, to other stories or how they'll continue to book when maybe something that looks like a logical step or just a good step to take gets clouded by, Oh, but this reaction is going to look, or this is going to look so cool on TV, you know, trying to understand the rhyme and the reason of it all.
2: Yeah. it's AEW, you hit the nail on the head there. There's so much where you just don't understand why the, the whole thing. We'll try to make sense of it more next week, as we do every week, but. It's
3: worse sometimes when we do understand the why. <laughs> like. Yeah,
0: fair enough. <laughs> like,
3: I, you know, I, I, I understand some of the choices they've made, but man, I really wish they hadn't made those choices, and I'm not gonna go drag us into that conversation right now, but. Right, but yeah. No, you can I'm listen sorry, to past episodes it. and, and <laughs> figure it out. There it is. Just go back and listen to past episodes. I want to hear your opinions on what what you think I was referencing. Let me know.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Dusty, for taking us on this week's AAA news and, of course, AEW. Up next, we're going to be talking about this weekend Major League Wrestling. Up first on this week's episode of MLW Fusion, we did have two matches. The first one on the card, and I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later on. And if we don't, well, I'm sure we'll still have to get it to it later on. Uh Miranda Gordy versus Rock C. Um, in a, one of her final independent wrestling appearances, uh, this was for Major League Wrestling. Miranda Gordy got the win on this match. And then your main event, TJP versus Buddy Matthews. Uh, and they quoted him of being AEW Buddy Matthews. This took a good chunk of the show. Um, and in this match, TJP won. So check out this week's MLW Fusion if you would like. Of course, there was some tie-in. With the Azteca Underground storyline. Uh, Cesar Duran still has it in for Alex Hammerstone. Uh, he's still in his feud with Richard Holiday, uh, appearance and promos by others. So, uh, a really great episode overall. Again, it's every week on YouTube for free, one hour. It's so digestible, so easy to watch, so entertaining. Um, highly recommended. I want to jump though. Into some of the match announcements for Azteca oh, Underground's boy. Dallas show. This to me was the big news of the <laughs> week. So I apologize if I just glanced over Fusion, but uh, you know, we, I definitely want to discuss some of these matches. First off, it was announced for the first time ever. We have Matt Cross versus Octagon Jr. That's going to be really good. Yeah. We no have, way
3: it can't be. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, it's going to be, whew, that's going to, that's so going to be a, a technical masterpiece there we also will have a trios tag match the team of aerostar microman and el dragón versus the team of aris uh mini abismo jr and a luchador sorpresa mystery uh, luchador there and we know there's literally going to be 90 percent of the lucha community in dallas that weekend so it literally could be anybody
3: with the right. only an outside chance of it being the Kingo. Just-
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: yeah that would
2: be the hugest get in WrestleCon.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, we also did get a women's match announced. Cheek Tormenta will be making her MLW debut versus yes. Hala Dead.
3: Oh, and that's such a good matchup for her, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. And we just got notification just within the past 24 hours that we are going to have for the first time ever a Mexican strap match. Gino Medina will be facing Otomies. So, uh, this is, um, in association with the attack that Gino Medina, uh, put on Atomies just a few weeks ago being praised by Cesar Duran giving a, a, a bonus for making Atomies bleed. And so this is, I believe Cesar Duran's, you know, sense of justice for the two to give them a fair opportunity to take their issues to the ring. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to be so interested in seeing what this match looks like because you have, you know, Wait. the, Go ahead.
3: We do have the description of it too in the press release they give. Yes. Uh, so it, we will, we do have some clues what it looks like. Yes. I was I thought you were maybe going to describe that. Well, but uh, I
1: tried mean, to go ahead with it.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, basically it's a lumberjack match. So they're going to have the ring surrounded by other luchadores, uh, and they're all going to be armed with a leather strap. So when somebody rolls out of the ring, uh, they're just going to get the tar whipped out of them until they get back in the ring or they, uh, run completely out of the arena, whichever comes first. Um, I, I feel like this is meant, is, is meant to keep Gina Medina from doing Rudo tactics, but uh it's really gonna hinder uh, a high flyer like Aramis as well, because mm-hmm. he could wind up on the outside. Um, yeah. And just yeah, it'll be very interesting. I am super excited to see see that match now. I, I think Gina Medina's another rising star. We talked with him already, uh, and and we were talking about how. But he's just since then, he's just really gotten the rocket strapped to his back. So.
1: Yeah, uh, and I could see, and you're absolutely right about Atomies being more of the high flyer who mm-hmm. tends to get outside of the ring, be at a disadvantage. And that's kind of the, almost the evil genius of Cesar Duran's mindset. You know, it sounds like this is in, intentional, um, that, that someone like Atomies would be at a disadvantage. Um, while also making it feel very fair, you know this is this is there there's no advantage here for either men uh oh except you know anytime you get out of the ring, you get beat with a strap, you know like that <laughs> <You might. laughs> by the I way mean, it, is,
3: it is there are big there are people out there that might might uh not do it for some people like yeah. that you know I don't know neither one of those guys has a lot of friends in Lucha or Azteca Underground. So
1: I just, but this Azteca Underground card is just being built up to be so fantastic. Like this is probably going to be their big, I mean, their biggest show so far and definitely one that man, like, I think this could be a a turning point for MLW and Azteca Underground. Like, this is Mm -hmm. going to be, I mean, you have such a wide range of matches and talent that's going to be there. And again, too, you know, even surprises, you are going to have the wrestling mecca of the world be in this, you know, Dallas area for that weekend. And we already know there's going to be such a big lucha presence there. Like, you don't you really don't know what to expect.
3: Well, that's, that's the only thing you can expect is yeah. that you just don't just sit on the edge of your seat waiting for the next surprise because yeah. it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. So make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Of course, we are going to keep you updated with each week in MLW Fusion. And of course, as we get more information on Azteca Underground, you're going to hear it straight from us. Next, we have This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty.
2: That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at luchacentral.com every single day for This Day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we celebrate the life and the legacy of Pero Aguayo Jr., who passed away seven years ago on March 21st. When mentioning Perito, you have to mention Peros Del Mall, which was both a faction, but first it was its own promotion. After leaving CMLL in 2007, Perito started Peros Del Mall Productions, which was still at that time affiliated with CMLL, and would book a mix of CMLL stars and luchadors from the indies that operated as a kind of super-indie that was friendly with CMLL due to the kind of brand allegiance you have to have in Mexico to book talent from the company. But in 2008, he and CMLL, they had a falling out. So he left for good. He took Mr. Aguila and Damien CeCece with him. And in 2010, he became affiliated with AAA, remained there for the rest of his life. The wrestlers within Peros Del Mall were some really high-end talent. Daga, Mephisto, even LA Park. But the two greatest successes of Peros Del Mall, with the most international impact, were easily... Pentagon Jr., and Taya Valkyrie. Pero Del Jr., he was really the first guy to see both of them and to see that they were going to be future megastars. He was there to kind of help help them, guide them through their early careers. He eventually became engaged to Taya, and they became a power couple in Lucha Libre. It was – if you were – Like a Lucha fan at that time, it was incredible. It was the hottest thing. Perros Del Mall, both the promotion and the faction, ended in 2015 following Perito's death at the young age of only 35 after suffering a cervical spine trauma during a match. His impact will be forever felt in the world championships and continued international attention that Taya and Pentagon receive. There would be no Huaraloka without Pero Jr. There would not be a Pinta as we know him. After his death, they continued the Peros del Mall name in his honor. 2017, when Pinta Daga and Angel Garza left... Triple A. They debuted in the crash as Peros del Mall. Eventually they became La Verbellion with the additions of Ray Phoenix and Mysterio Ray Mysterio. And that was kind of the end of Peros del Mall. Brendan, what are some of your thoughts or memories about Perro Aguayo Jr. and Peros del Mall?
3: Well, like you said, uh, you know, Pentagon would not be uh, he was he was uh certainly talented. But he became popular when he joined that faction. Yeah, like he was, that
2: was he was like a cool guy, but he wasn't the guy. He was just yeah. a guy.
3: And, yeah,
2: and I without Paros, I don't necessarily. I'm not not even necessary. Without Paros, he would not have got Luch Underground. That's what gave him his swag. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. He he was a very cool guy, but he was just kind of comfortable in the mid slot. He's very much in in like your. um your Aramis spot right now, where he could break out at any time, but he's just kind of there in the middle card, and we all know he's talented. We're just waiting, and that was kind of where Pento was before he joined Paris Del Mall. and And uh, man, yeah, it just took off from there. I, I want to point out the, though that Paris Del Mall is still influential to this day. Like I, oh, I cannot, yeah. I cannot find a luchador who does not have some of, like, I'm, many of them, when they see me wearing Peros merchandise at shows, will show me a tattoo. Like, that's so but, cool. <laughs> yeah. Right?
2: It's like Kiss for <laughs> luchador fans. You know, like, yeah. you know, old rock and roll guys all have a Kiss t-shirt or a Kiss tattoo or whatever. But yeah. lucha guys, we all have Perros Del
1: Mall.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and uh I, I i correct me if I'm wrong in this because you follow this more closely than I do. But I believe there are also a faction in Japan right now that's using the honoring the the Paris I snake. believe
2: there is I'm not mm-hmm. sure who it is, but there is a Paris Dome mall faction right now in Japan,
3: so that was kind of what I just I wanted to point out just the massive amount of like coolness and they're kind of like the nwo
1: yeah that's exactly what i was going to say I know <laughs> there's been so much talk about it this week but like for american fans trying to visualize what perros and mal was about or, or what they look like imagine the nwo that's a very much the closest relation
3: yeah, uh, keep going with your thoughts there, Miranda. I've I hit my- No, path. no,
1: no, I just, that's, that's really like, I just had to chime in on that because we were on the same wavelength at the exact same time with that, which is very <laughs> tricky. Uh, but it was just that, and that was really honestly what was gonna be my point, like, being, making bad look good. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and really too, when you think about some of the more American names in this, you know, like a Teddy Heart, but more yeah. specifically Taya. You know, I feel like...
2: Taya was really the greatest success apparently. Yes,
1: football. exactly, yeah. Like I would say that it was you know, granted of all the members there, um, and, and you talked about, you know, Pentagon getting some more of an identity, I think the same thing happened with Taya from Perros and Models. Oh absolutely. A, oh yeah,
2: that's when she became La Vera Loca. That yes. match where she had the blood all over. Yeah, that was that was yes. her ascension.
1: Yeah, you know, and even to this day they have this still strong bond um together and association and And, you know, that's to see. I think this faction did that in so many ways. It helped elevate people in the moment to bigger than who they were before in one capacity or another. And again, there's different success stories. But I think, you know, one of the biggest ones for me was really Taya Um, and. For a woman, a woman to get elevated from this faction and in general in Lucha Libre, through is is somewhat rare, from what I understand. You know, like she really was, she soared above just not only being a woman's wrestler, but just being a top star. Period. And you saw a lot more, you know, just personality and and uh, you know craziness, you know, in in the the very simple term of it, um, because it was a faction, too, that embraced chaos, embraced madness, embraced Mm -hmm. all of the good things that we love about being bad.
3: Yeah, that's a Uh, great way to phrase it. Yeah, so I do want to bring it back because this is about Perro as well. Like, so Mm -hmm. he himself... Was a huge influence on wrestlers. Mm -hmm. He was, he created this faction and he really drove it for sure. So I was very curious to, I was excited that it lasted as long as it did. But without him to keep the momentum, it made sense that it changed, it morphed into La Rebellion. But, uh, we, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention all of the stuff, the impact he had. He was Mm rock star levels of popular
0: oh yeah he was
2: huge yeah
3: and i I mean mean, he was
2: the guy at one time like so
3: cool and he had big boots to fill because his dad was one of the most popular wrestlers in mexico in his time Mm -hmm. and i would i would argue that he was more popular than his dad at the height of his popularity so i I would agree uh, that's
2: fair yeah yeah Yeah, definitely that's very fair yeah
3: uh, and, and, so, you know, the, the legacy that he is is more than just Peros del Mal. It's the impact and the space that he brought for people to be lucha, lucha libre stars in the modern world. Like, he was one of those ones that really bridged the gap between his father's generation and the generation we've got now. Like, he made the, 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 the Pentagons and the Tayas that, that we're watching now, but he also was the guy that, that created the space for them to fill in. Um, which is yeah. a huge, huge contribution to the world of Lucha. Well,
2: and he's still, I mean, like the, his impact and the Peros impact is still a huge deal. At Raya de de when Taya came out, they had her come out with Penta, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. to, yeah. to put them back together. And so it was, yeah, I mean like everything to a certain group of Luchadors, nothing they do will be seen as not being those guys were in Peros. Yeah, yeah. she, uh, Taya was engaged to Perito the whole thing you know I mean like it's it's all part of his thing and there would be no Lucha as we know it right now without Per. like his value and importance cannot be understated well
1: thank you for this week in Lucha Libre history Dusty Don't forget you can check out this day in Lucha Libre uh, at LuchaCentral.com. But wait. You know what I'm going to say. There's more. Oh, boy. (laughs) Brendan, can you let us know what else our listeners can find on LuchaCentral.com?
3: All right. Let's do this one more time. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really, really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English And in Spanish, you can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And here we go. This is always the the biggest selling point for me. It's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Thank you, Brendan. Brendan, while you're hanging around here, um, (laughs) would you mind going in and telling us uh, this week's CMLL news?
3: Well, so they once again had a tournament. CMLL seems to be focused on uh, bringing, elevating bringing back belts, maybe elevating some of the wrestlers to do it. So uh they had uh I wanna make sure I get the name on this right. They had the uh super lightweight title, I believe is what what it is called. They had a tournament for that. Uh that featured Halcon Seriano Jr. uh Adrenaline uh Suicida, inquisidor stigma uh the jalisco version of fantastico electrical Asturano, uh, and uh and i believe that's everybody um anyway uh they so you had a tournament featuring all of them you had the you had the the uh Tr-traditional kind of CMLL tournament where they have the, the over the top battle royal which announces the, the pair, creates the pairings. Everybody wrestled off. Uh, and you had, so a lot of these names are, are kind of new to people, so, uh, I'm gonna just jump to the, to the main event here, uh, the main part of it. You had Stigma. Meet Suicida, Suicida for the, for the finals to win, to become the new champion. This was a previously vacated title. Uh, you had, um, these, they're all very short matches as, uh, Cubs fan will point out. So it was actually easy for me to find highlights online, which were the vast majority of the matches. And these are really promising young guys. So you had some good matches. Definitely go check it out. They did have an actual, Big draw main event after the, the finals of that, which featured Star Jr., Titan, Volador Jr. against Tumelio Diablos 1 and 2, and Sagrado. The uh, Technico, Star Jr., Titan, and Volador did take that, and it and, uh, falls 1 and 3, so it was a traditional three-fall match, Uh Great stuff. The CMLL is really coming back alive with stuff that is uh, very interesting to watch. Now they just need to make it easier for us Americans to get because these pay-per-views are killing me. (laughs) With no video on demand. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Especially the nights they air. With no video on demand, it's hard to think they're making a ton of money.
3: Well, I mean, there's a crowd in, in Mexico that will pay for it, but I, again, I don't think they're thinking at all about an international audience. I think they're just thinking about uh Mexico, and it probably does okay in Mexico on those nights, but with video on demand, they could – they can actually do better. I just don't understand Absolutely. The, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was the 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 quick and dirty CMLL. Once again, I'm always gonna point out. Do you want more CMLL? If you if you know you guys want it, let me know. There's plenty of CMLL action. They run they're running three times a week minimum, so you can I can get you lots more results if that's what you want. If you want less, let me know that too. Although I I can't do much less than I'm doing right now. <laughs> so, uh, have yourself. Uh, oh yeah yeah. Anyway, that's that's the the show.
1: No, not a problem. Thank you, Brennan. Uh, Up next, we're going to hit this week in WWE with Dusty.
3: Yeah,
2: there wasn't a whole lot going on in WWE this week, but we did have the Mysterios defeating the Hurt Business on Raw. Since Rey Mysterio is here in the match, we have Miz and Logan Paul on commentary to build up their WrestleMania match and to make sure they look like they had a fighting chance at WrestleMania. Bray and Dominic got the win over Shelton and Cedric this week after Dominic did the Eddie dance on the top rope and hit the frog splash for the win, following a really sweet double 619. This is the Dominic we've been asking for. He finally looks like he's comfortable in the ring. He's showing a ton of personality. The Eddie dance, like, such a cool thing to throw back to. He's kind of made it his own thing. I really like that. Very excited for a big win for them. I feel like it could go either way at WrestleMania at this point. Probably Logan Paul and Miz win, but who knows? There's a, there's a chance the Mysterios could win. And that's the, the kind of the magic of it all. And they are really doing a lot to make Dominic look strong, and make him look cool, which is awesome. That's the Dominic we've been waiting for. And to kind of tie into that, now we have Miranda with NXT.
3: Or maybe we just need to stall for a second longer. Or is it me?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, (laughs) No. there we go. Uh, Miranda was yelling at the
3: dogs again, wasn't (laughs)
1: she? I was was saying um, that I was so excited for this week's NXT because we have another, finally, in this week's Lucha Libre news, something that I'm fairly certain we fantasy booked on the show. I know we've discussed this before. Uh, I just oh. NXT 2.0, you came through. <laughs> so we're going to, st- in a big way. And it's actually going to tie in a lot to what you were saying earlier, Dusty. Um, So first off, I mentioned it last week We did get our first uh, North American Championship qualifying match With the winner uh being added to the five-man ladder match at Stan and Deliver We had Cameron Grimes versus Santos Escobar I thought they had great chemistry in the ring Like this was a match that took me a little bit by surprise Because we haven't seen them in the ring before But really great chemistry Grimes, you know, relied on his comedy, um, a little, but not too much. And they had such a great back and and forth, even in some of the near falls. Like, I just felt like it was a little bit of the NXT of old when it came to the quality of match. Um, but also, maybe surprise or not surprise, the crowd was behind Santos Escobar. Like, they were clearly in his corner. And Santos showed some cockiness, kind of mocking uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, but this match ended up being influenced, of course, by... A bit and by Legado de Fantasma, you know, creating the opportunities, uh, with the, uh, distractions that allowed for Santos Escobar to get some openings. Um, in the end, Cameron Grimes was going for his maneuver, the cave-in. However, Santos was able to, uh, turn it around for the phantom driver for the win. So Santos Escobar will now be in that ladder match for the North American championship. Very, very exciting. It really could have gone either way. I straight up thought Santos wasn't going to win, but he has. Everything's good in in the world. That leads to what we had in the other half of the night. This is the exciting part, you guys. In the back, we had Legato de Fantasma cutting a promo. Uh, Santos stating that he is the greatest luchador of all time. And then who walks in? But the actual greatest luchador of all time, (laughs) Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, coming in. Uh, Of course, Santos extends the hand uh, of of welcome to Rey Mysterio. Uh, And, of course, you know, Legado de Fantasma putting Santos over as the greatest luchador of all time. And Rey saying, well, if anyone's going to be the greatest luchador of all time... It's actually going to be my son, Dominic. And that got Legato then fantastic. <laughs> Whoa. Look, look. <laughs> look the swerve. point is. <laughs> right now, that's that. Hey, Ray putting over Dominic. You know, if anyone's going to be beating records, he said it was going to be Dominic.
3: I'm just reporting I'm, the news. That's all. I know. Yeah. I know. I just, I had an instant reaction to that news. Right.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so with that that got legato riled up that got dominic riled up and then we get the challenge raul mendoza versus dominic mysterio later that night then we get to the match so absolutely to dusty's point dominic looked so comfortable in the ring and he got one of the best responses all night in nxt yeah, 2.0
2: so excited for dominic and he ate it up. i mean he played to the crowd perfectly
1: yeah. Yeah, and so that definitely leads to a question of should Dominic be in NXT 2.0? Is that a better landing place for him now than Raw? I Signs kind of point to yes. You know, with having a great crowd reaction, a better environment to get more comfortable, different people to wrestle against, having more singles matches there, like, kind of science point to, should he be in NXT 2.0? I, you I know. I think
2: so, yeah. yeah. Like, the crowd loved him. He, it's, you know, uh, NXT is allegedly still kind of building stars for the main roster. Mm-hmm. And, That's one of the things Dominic did. Rey Mysterio had the stroke where Dominic sidestepped NXT and sidestepped all the traditional things that you're supposed to do. He's not a perform at least in WWE. Mm -hmm. He's not a performance center trainee. He trained at Centeno Brothers. I mean, he had real Lucha training. But to work the WWE style, sometimes you need a little bit of that Mm -hmm. WWE training. And to have some of those guys like Shawn Michaels in the back that could work with him and kind of show him what's up. I mean, you talk about charisma on the ring, Shawn Michaels, yeah. and he could kind of help Dominic harness that. He's yeah. got it, like you can see it. That and I've mentioned it in the WWE as soon as he started doing the Eddie dance, all of a sudden he found himself. Yeah. Like that was like the key to his thing and he just feels comfortable now he not only is he luchador he can go with anybody because of his size Rey yes. mysterio didn't look as legitimate against some of the big guys but dominic is big enough he can go toe-to-toe with anybody and so to put him in nxt and kind of give him that wwe training is only of benefit to dominic at this point
1: point. and he had a very entertaining match with raul mendoza not too long but not even not too short for tv um of course you had this this Distraction on the outside with Legado de Fantasma, but that was kind of evened out by the team of Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, and Fallon Henley, which it looks like Fallon Henley and Electra Lopez are going to be going into a feud next. But that created enough of a distraction for Dominic to get the 619 and the Frog Splash. And again, the crowd ate it up um i mean if it wasn't on the road to wrestlemania i'd be thinking are we going to get a versus mysterio's feud um you know and and as you pointed out dusty this could be a way to build and elevate dominic and and ray on the road to wrestlemania but also i mean if we get the teaser for ray versus santos Yes, I mean, that's
2: that's the real payoff and all. Yes,
1: yes, like no, can we no. please? Can we just? Can you please? I mean, it's come worked on. Worked
3: me once. I'm not fallen for it again.
1: <laughs> oh man. I mean, this has been several other, you know, Raw and SmackDown stars have made the jump to NXT 2.0, which has been great. This is, I think. Yeah. One of the better examples of it. And not to say that the examples haven't been good, but like this really could be something. Yeah. Well, they, it, yeah. They it, were wholeheartedly
3: illustrated that it, the door goes both ways now.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, that, that uh to the points you were both making, I think that just is better for Dom all the way around. He gets yeah. that time to, to grow uh, under that brand. He's not necessarily – Having to worry about, uh, the, the weird network expectations that Fox has on SmackDown. Like, he can, you know, he can do stuff. He can be a star, become a bitter star there, and he can still work with guys that are on that SmackDown roster and bring that back up to the main roster performance mm-hmm. with him. So, yeah.
1: And, you know, we'll just see. Maybe, well, you know, the reaction may help incline WWE to say, hey, you know, right? maybe yeah. Dominic should be spending some more time in NXT 2.0 to exactly that. Hone in a little bit more of what they are building for Raw and SmackDown. And not to say there'd be a long time, but, you know, I think that, uh, again, having more versatility, not necessarily relying on having to be in a tag match with his dad coming up against up and coming talent that could, you know, match a little bit more of his youth. Like I would say with the direction that NXT 2.0 was going in, maybe it's a better fit for Dominic right now. You know, I'm, I know they have obligations as they head into uh, WrestleMania, but maybe after WrestleMania, you know, Dominic could easily have a great feud. Maybe it is with Santos and that is his feud. Okay. That's, you know, let that roll, you know, or maybe it's someone else within NXT. And I think that would be, um, just as entertaining and it could really help Dominic just develop a little bit more of that sports entertainment aspect as well Mm -hmm. as his in-ring performance to the level that they're already training others in too, you know? Um, so I don't think it, it does anything to, to put him in NXT. Um, but again, I mean, just that visual there yeah. had, uh, you know, with Legado de Fantasma and the Mysterials was the biggest what if of, you know, we've had in in quite some time with WWE um, and, and especially NXT. Like that is how, as you even talked about, Dusty, the door goes both ways. Maybe they're. Version of what the Forbidden Door, quote unquote, could look like. You know, these types of just dream matches with, you know, Ray and uh, Santos, even on just an episode of NXT, you know, one of the bigger episodes of NXT could absolutely main event a show. You know, like I just. ah! I'm going to. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're a jerk. You're a jerk for putting <laughs> that out there and now making me wish that and never getting it. You're yeah. a jerk. How That's dare perfect. you do that? <laughs> Such
2: a jerk. It's Such it's the jerk. perfect setting though. Genuinely. Exactly.
1: It's so perfect you know they're never going to do it.
3: <laughs> Got to subvert fan expectations there.
1: <laughs> Damn. <laughs>
2: Well, and the thing is, too, in comparison to Raw, where there's a lot going on, they have their own main event, on NXT 2.0, it's easy to treat Ray and Dominic as a very big deal. And when you treat them as a very big deal, people believe they're a very big deal. And that's part of the excitement as well for me this week. I mean, they just made them feel like a big deal for the first time in a long time. And made Dominic feel like a big deal, and before, he was a little green in the ring. Sometimes when he'd get the chance to showcase things, you wouldn't see what you wanted to see, but this week, we saw what we wanted to see, so I, like Miranda said, I hope this is something that develops. I hope we see more of this, and I, I hope we see a lot more between the Mysterios and Legato del Fantasma. This has kind of been what we wanted all along.
3: Well, I mean to us on this show. Yeah, right. that's
2: what I mean. Yeah. This
1: <laughs> is well, it, the so that's who matters. This is the audience that it should go for. <laughs> and I think that's also an interesting utilization of NXT. I mean, WWE is a variety that's show. Cool. You know, this and and we have much talked about representation of Latinos on WWE television. I mean, heck, when we had Legato versus Lucha House Party. That had, you know, yeah. um, They had some great matches, but it felt very serious, too, you know? Um, and, and I think NXT really is that place where you can really get more of that crossover appeal. But, you know, Legado de Fantasma is still a, a big deal faction. Really one of the, the the best factions that they have in all of WWE still, for now. That, know, that's knows. our
3: opinion They don't seem yes. to agree with us
1: Well <laughs> This is why we have a show they don't You If know? <laughs> they wanted to have a show yeah. to complain about our show Go go ahead WWE Go ahead Have a podcast I, that talks about why our opinions are wrong I could But this is right. our show <laughs> And we're going to say why our opinions are right And theirs is wrong
3: I just, I'm just uh, It Because we, we have great ideas on here They just don't ever seem to agree with us Well yeah. I shouldn't say ever there have been a couple times they that uh one of us has been spot on with what they do but yes huh.
1: but either way a really great week In NXT 2.0 for Legado de Fantasma. Uh, You can check out clips on YouTube as well on uh, WWE's YouTube page. Uh, Hulu as well for this. Both the Santos Escobar and uh, Cameron Grimes match. As well as the Ro Mendoza Dominic Mysterio match and promo. All great things. Check it out on this week's NXT. And with that... We have made it to the end of another episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Yay! Go ahead and check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Don't forget to check out Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Of course, you can check out Lucha Central's YouTube page. That includes the archives of this show, as well as the Lucha Central weekly podcast in Español, as well as exclusive interviews and matches that you're not going to see anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you?
2: Yeah, I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
1: And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you?
3: Yeah, I am 321 T shirt guy, that's the numbers 321 and T shirt guy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram, I am on Facebook, and I'm all over the
1: Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook. And, well, while you're at it, if you're listening to the show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and more, go ahead and subscribe rate and review go ahead and subscribe so that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the lucha central weekly podcast drops you can leave us a five star rating And you can also leave us a review, let us know your thoughts on the show, things that we should cover, things we shouldn't cover, things you agree with, maybe things you don't agree with. Either way, go ahead and let us know, either through social media or through the reviews. Make sure you keep staying tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast as we head into the spring and summer, you know we're going to have lots more to share with you, so Stay tuned each and every week. For Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we will be with you all next week.